America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. We are happy that you are joining us today. You can find us here, americaoutloud.news, Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you on board. You know, when I, at the beginning of the week, I, I don't sit down and, you know, lay out a plan for the week in terms of what we're going to talk about here for an hour every day. I don't uh, strategize, I, you know, I don't, you know, a, a lot of this is just, it's just my thoughts, you know, it's just off the cuff. I mean, I'll look at the news cycle and I'll, I'll just ask myself, you know, what do I want to talk about? You know, what's happening in education that I want to talk about? And so that's what I talk about. That's, that's, that's where we, uh, that's where we take this. This is the, uh, that's how, that's how the sausage is made. You just got your be, behind the scenes look. That, that's how we approach it. It's, you know, what, what what do I think is important happening in education today? And so I'm going to talk about it. This week, you know, we have talked a lot about this whole idea of, of missing out on beauty. And it really started with this quote from Michelangelo, uh, you know, where uh, where he says, Beauty doesn't, and this is my paraphrase, beauty doesn't uh, bring pain except when we fail to hear and see it. The pain comes when we fail to to experience the beauty. And there is, and, and this has really been not only my contention this week, while I've spent a lot of time talking about it, uh, I this is really the theme you know, unintentionally, but it just kind of comes out of me because it's, you know, what's in my heart and head, you know, but this is what, you know, we've been saying for weeks and months now, you know, that there's a beauty that's being missed in education currently. And it's been that way for, you know, not years, you know, but, you know, for decades, absolute literal decades, we've been missing out on beauty. And, and and that's where the, the pain lies. And it might not be even experienced in the moment, but we experience it later on down the years because we're missing out on something rich, on, on something true, on something good. I talked about uh, this article the other day entitled, What Should We Lose by Our Ignorance? And the article is about being ignorant of, of Greece and Rome and things that that we should lose uh, if if we don't know about about Greece and about Rome, you know we we lose a, a history of our of our language. Um, you know we 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 lose an understanding of architecture. But he goes a little deeper, and he says more serious would be the descent of darkness on the origins of nearly all our civilizations. And I don't know that we we think about. Greece and Rome as being the origins of our civilizations, but they certainly are. You know, Greece and Rome are the origins of the civilization of the West. He says we should be different from Indians or Chinese, but we should not know why. And that's a problem. You know, not not knowing the depths of our history and, and why America is what it is, I think is a problem. And and our and our kids are are worse off by by being ignorant of certain things. 
And the pain is not hearing or seeing the, the beauty, not experiencing the, the beauty of the origins of our founding. Now, he goes on to say in this article, this is by Sir R.W. Livingstone. Uh, he says, a man who knows the origins of the world in which he lives looks at it with more understanding, walks in it with secure and more certain steps. He is less intimidated by words for he knows their history, less inclined to either excessive respect or contempt for existing institutions, for he sees how they came to be there. You know, I, I apologize if this is repetitive. I mean, I, I I have read this quote a couple times this week. I just can't seem to to get away from it. It uh, it it feels obvious to me that there are there are those forces that control education, both K twelve and in in higher ed, that wish to hide beauty from students they they don't want students to experience this education and there's there's really something beautiful about it uh, later on in this same uh, magazine that I was referencing here this article from the magazine's called the classical teacher uh, and it's published by memoria press uh, there's another article in here entitled the transcendental Transcendental Meditations of Marcus Aurelius. And, and the author is talking about how he really started using uh, Marcus Aurelius's text, Meditations, uh, as a textbook in one of his college classes. He talks about a, a friend of his who taught in a, in a small liberal arts college. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, Liberal arts, and I, I mentioned this the other day, you, you hear me mention liberal arts probably quite often, and I don't want you to think that it's it's being the art of a liberal in today's vernacular, because that is not what I'm referring to. Uh, in Latin, liber means free man, as opposed to a slave, and therefore the education appropriate for such a man is an education in the liberal arts. If you were to be free, free of mind, free of thought, you were educated in the liberal arts as a free man. And this is the education that our founding fathers received, an education in the liberal arts. This is a classical education. And this is an education that schools like mine, schools like Waterbrook Christian Academy, are attempting to uh, divert education back towards we want to go back to our founding. We, we want to take education back to what it once was. So back to this article on the transcendental meditations of Marcus Aurelius. The author says he's got a friend uh, who taught at a small liberal arts college in Virginia. And when the author began teaching, his friend gave him a, a, a bit of advice, which was never let the smart ones get bored. I mean, that seems like good advice. Don't let the smart ones get bored. Keep the smart ones engaged. And in his article, he says, uh, it's a question I dare not ask now. And the question is that uh, the, the question that, that the professor, his friend, would, would pose to other students if they you know, messed up, if there was 
uh, an error in, in grammar or a misstatement of fact, he would offer them some correction. And when they would bristle at that correction, he would say, you did come to college for an education, didn't you? I mean, this is why you came, right? And I'm here to give it to you. You know, don't bristle at, at, at my correction. So the author of the article is saying, now, this is a question I, I don't ask, you know, now today. He says, I know the answer for eight out of 10 students. Eight out of 10 students, he, he believes he's, you know, he, he's, he's being rhetorical here. He's implying the answer is when the question is, you did come to college for an education, didn't you? Eight out of 10 are going to say, no, that's not why I'm here. Uh, he says, uh, of course, they haven't come for an education. They've come to get a union card that will certify four more years of generously wasted time and money. And that is, you know, his premise is that's what higher education has become. And he didn't want to engage in that. He he wanted to give his students something of value. So he started teaching uh, the transcendental meditations of Marcus Aurelius. And he lists some of the some of the things that are that that are in uh, uh, the journal, so to speak, of Marcus Aurelius. That's that's what the meditations are. They're, they're his own journal writings. At one point, uh, you know, Marcus Aurelius says, "Begin each day by telling yourself, today I shall be meeting with interference, ingratitude, insolence, disloyalty, ill will, and selfishness. All of them." due to the offender's ignorance of what is good or evil. This never fails to, uh, you know, get the conversation going in, in, in terms of, you know, pointing out, you know, maybe things that happen to us on the road, road rage or, you know, petty little arguments, you know, but there's something deeper here. Uh, the word ignorance caught my attention. It seems to be a running theme for me this week. Uh, Marcus Aurelius says, I've got to remember that uh, all of these things I'm going to run into today, interference and gratitude, insolence, disloyalty, ill will, selfishness, all of them are due to the offender's ignorance of what is good and what is evil. And that, you know, there are people in this world that we're going to run into, but they're ignorant of what is right and wrong. And they're ignorant of how to treat somebody. They're ignorant of, of morality. They're ignorant of virtue. They're ignorant of characteristics that make somebody truly a good person. Uh, you know, we've we've talked the last couple of days um, about the situation that's happening, you know, with uh, Cincinnati Classical Academy, and you know how this group, um, the uh, what are they called again? The something? Oh, the Network for Public Education. How they're 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 coming out and attacking uh, a public charter school. You know, one of their own. You know, but they're doing so because maybe the charter school looks a little different than them. You know, the they're. They accused the, the headmaster there at, uh, you know, Cincinnati Classical and, and and the whole leadership team there of, of talking about <laughs> morals and, and virtue, you know, talking about these character things that matter. But, 
you know, folks, I'm telling you, uh, true education is developing the student to become a certain type of person. And this is this is the focus. This is the heart of a classical education. Is your your you know what we do here is we ins- we we teach we instruct kids on uh, how to live a a life that would cause them to think about virtue. And I you know notice I didn't say cause them to live a life of morality and a life of virtue because I don't know that any of us you know, truly master living a life of morality and a, and a life of virtue. I mean, we're human. But we, we do our best to, to strive for and, and achieve some thought about what is virtuous in this particular situation. What is the, the correct moral decision in this, in this particular situation? Uh, it, and this is the, this, my friends, is the beauty of a classical education. And I fear that this beauty is what our current education system is attempting to hide, attempting to to keep from the knowledge, the understanding of of this generation. Michelangelo said, the pain comes when we don't see or hear the beauty. And there is so much beauty to be seen and to be heard in a classical education. It's so rich. Uh, I, I mean, I I feel like I'm going to get to the point where I'm just start. I, I'm just going to, you know, be repetitive. So I just want to say it this way, that um, if we can understand that, you know, being ignorant of certain things, you know, uh, can can prove to to be harmful down the road it can prove to be harmful i mean if you're ignorant of 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 basic electricity and you see that plug there and you you take a bobby pin to it you're going to not be ignorant you know i guess much longer that's you know but the pain comes from your ignorance and i'm speaking from experience i remember where i was as a lad when i found a bobby pin and in the carpet, and I'm sitting next to that wall socket. I'm like, what would happen if I stuck this bobby pin in this wall socket? You know, sparks, you know, start flying. I, I feel the jolt, and there we go. I'm no longer ignorant. Lesson learned. Uh, it, 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 there is a, an element that wants to keep us ignorant of a host of things, but our objective here on this show and in classical education is to expose uh, the the beauty and the things that are true and good to the students that are under our tutelage. And in this next segment, the next segment coming up, we are going to have a conversation with Jed Hardings. He is the school board president of Cincinnati Classical Academy, and he's he's going to uh, maybe shed some personal light on this on this whole situation uh, that that they find themselves in. Uh, And so uh, we look forward to uh, speaking to Jed in the next segment. So let's take a break. Uh, We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. 
Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to The Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. We're listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. And now joining us is a very special guest. Uh, his name is Jed Hardings, and he is the school board president of Cincinnati Classical Academy. We've talked a little bit about Cincinnati Classical Academy. And so I'm very uh, honored to have Jed on the program with us. He is also a professor in the Department of Neurosurgery at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, so, Jed, thank you for your time and for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Dean. You're welcome. Uh, I'll jump right into this. Uh, I, my first question is, uh, you know, what can, can you tell us about Cincinnati Classical? What, what's the, the history of this charter, charter school in, in, in Cincinnati area? Yeah, um, a group of, um, you know, kind of local <clears throat> citizens uh, came together in late 2019 to with the idea of bringing a Hillsdale um, um, charter school to the Cincinnati area and worked. We worked for uh, three years to to make that happen and uh, uh, open the doors to the school uh, for the 2022-23 school year. That was our first, um, and we are now in our second second year of operation. The school has uh, 
We started with 450 students last year in kindergarten through sixth grade. And this year we've added seventh grade and we're up to 600 students. Uh, the school has full enrollment. That's that's all we can accommodate right now. Um, and we've got a, you know, in addition to the 600 students, we have a wait list of 400. Um, and we will continue to add a grade level each year until we're K through 12. Excellent. But the that. school's been really well received by the um, um, by the greater in the greater Cincinnati area. We've got sure. great faculty, great uh, headmaster, and uh, wonderful families who understand what we're trying to achieve. Okay, so you uh, you, you teach at the University of, of Cincinnati uh, in the Department of Neurosurgery. So what? What's your connection with with classical with with Cincinnati classical? How how did you want to become involved? How did you become involved? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a research professor in neurosurgery. I'm a neuroscientist by training and by practice. Uh, I, I do re laboratory research and uh, clinical research on acute brain injury. Um, so I've always been in the field of academics. I guess um, I've been doing this for twenty years. Um, but I, I, I guess I had a, a somewhat classical education. Very, my father was a classics major and always emphasized that uh, the importance of, of education. Um, I studied Latin and some Greek and uh, some philosophy and in college and, and languages and sort of everything else. And and have been a lifelong learner. I love to read about you know virtually anything. Um, sort of academic to to put the pieces of you know the human condition together for mm -hmm. for my better understanding um it's just plain fun and uh it was uh maybe in 2015 or so my my sister moved to texas and enrolled her her girls my nieces in um in the very first hillsdale um classical charter school okay established and that's that was my introduction to classical education as a thing that can be done for the for kindergarten through 12th grade and it, it intrigued me and uh so you know I, I learned more and more about it and then um kind of in in uh 2016 or 17 i took a uh, a course on um um uh modern european history mm -hmm. you know 40 45 lecture course where i just got everything presented from the reformation to you know world war ii put together and it just brought together all these amazing concepts and really told the, the amazing story of the west and and how that got sparked um how it evolved uh, the 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 detours that it took and how it ultimately led to i think the 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 pinnacle of the story which was the founding of um uh, the United States and, you know, mm -hmm. our founding documents. So it was just like a, a watershed moment for me that really inspired that. And I'd never had a European history course. Okay. You know, how did I get through you know, like 20 years of education without, <laughs> without something so right. foundational as that. But anyway, long story short, uh, I was just super motivated to, to start this school. Once I saw what was in the curriculum guide, the program yeah. guide for this, for the Hillsdale curriculum and it was just so inspiring. I said, this is the greatest gift that we could give to anyone. Oh, so and I, and well I said. Thought, yeah, I just thought, you know what? I can do it. I think I can do this. 
Um, and I think, and I thought, well, if I don't do it, I don't think anyone else will. And so mm-hmm. that just seemed unacceptable. And I just started digging into it. Mm, that is, uh, that's a nice history. Uh, I love your comment. It's the greatest gift that that we could possibly give to anyone. And so here you are. You're involved in giving this gift to uh, K through now seventh grade children in Southern Ohio, and you find yourself find yourself on the front lines here, don't you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, yep. You know. So can you tell us who is the network of public education and why do they have a beef with Cincinnati Classical? Well, um, I I didn't I'd never heard of them before. Um, in fact, I'd, I'd never really involved, been involved in K through twelve education at all until I until I first Googled what is a charter school um, in <laughs> twenty nineteen. Um, so I, yeah, I'd never heard of them. Uh, they first came to my attention this past summer when they published their this uh, long article called A Sharp Right Turn, uh, criticizing basically classical charter schools, the Great Hearts Network, the Hillsdale Network, and others, um, it, with the accusation that we are trying to be private schools um, and using public dollars to pay for it. Okay. And they they called out Cincinnati Classical Academy uh, in particular in that article with a little box inset, um, you know, uh, poking fun at the fact that we have a, a coat of arms that we espouse and teach virtues and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. that's the first thing I, I heard about them. And then I never heard and then nothing really happened until one day in December we got this notice that uh, this letter had been written and that these articles were coming out in the Washington Post and the Cincinnati Enquirer um, with all of these um, pretty vile ac- accusations. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's no no particular connection. I don't know why they they chose us other than maybe the fact that, that we were successful and they didn't like that, um, you know, our, that our, our uh, charter school program grant um got a got a high score and that one of these grants was going to uh, a classical charter school mm-hmm. it it's interesting you mentioned the title of their piece over the summer is a called a sharp right turn um it, you know assuming that it just because you know schools like ours classical schools that want to teach uh, morality we want to teach virtue Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we 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 want to teach these these time tested principles that this organization would refer to this as a sharp right turn. You know, when in fact we're we're just going back to what what used to be. Yeah. You know, I don't know that we're that we're turning to the right as much as we just want to go back. Uh, absolutely, we want to preserve. In fact, I, I I looked up recently, and it's it's about the separation of sort of church and state and everything in Ohio law, and it says right there that education and morality being, and they put those two together oh. as the subjects of the sentence being essential to you know a flourishing free society and and to the public interest and for creating. Uh, civic-minded, competent leaders, you know, Mm -hmm. we will therefore support public education. I mean, it's written right there together. 
So you're they they, they want to paint us they want to paint us all as some kind of white Christian nationalists or something. Um, but it, as we pointed out in our responses, it it has nothing to do with Christianity per se. It's it you know virtue virtue was around you know for centuries before uh, before Christianity. So right right um, yeah your uh, your reference to. Uh... Uh, you know, morality and, and religion being a part of education. That's true. That's quoted verbatim right out of the Northwest Ordinance. So uh, thank mm -hmm. you for that reference. Absolutely love it. You say here in, in your rebuttal, which I have read your rebuttal, uh, you know, it's not very long, but it's concise. I mean, it's it, it's perfect. Um, you. Uh, thank you. Towards the end here, you, you say, uh, so instead of learning from the school's success, the education establishment kicks into, into gear to defend its political power and crumbling monopoly on public education. Could you speak to uh, the, the first part of this statement, the, the success of Cincinnati Classical? I mean, this is your, you know, you're only, you're halfway through your second year. Yeah. Uh, and you know, could you could you tell us about about the success? You know, how how did your your first year go? Well, it's amazing. I mean, it was just just incredible. I mean, people would ask me, well, what would you have done differently? And you know, I'm, I struggle to come up with things because our headmaster, I think, is is uh, such a great leader, such a deep understanding of the curriculum, such good instincts. Um, He's been able to recruit such a great faculty and um, and the families have sort of come along with that and bought into uh, what the school does. So, I mean, all 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 credit due to them uh, for their really hard work and their commitment to this. I mean, it's there's just a passion there found in I mean, from the headmaster to every to to the parents down to the students. I mean, and the kind of culture that they've created there, I think, is what has made it uh, so successful. Mm -hmm. um, but the success can, you know, me measured in terms of numbers. I mean, from our first year with 450 students, 99 percent of the students returned for the second year. Mm, wow. That 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 just blew me away. That mm -hmm. you, you would think, well, there's there's going to be some major headaches or hiccups or something. And some are going to decide this just, you know, isn't for me. Mm -hmm. um, but 99% retention is, is remarkable. And it was the same thing with the faculty. You know, wow. we were, we were advised, Oh, as a charter school, you're going to turn over your faculty completely, probably every two to three years. Mm. Uh, I don't see that happening. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, and, then, I, and then the test scores, if, just as sort of a final point, I mean, we, we did exceed, uh, you know, state averages and uh, every subject matter uh, at every grade level, I think, except for one. There mm -hmm. was math in one of the grades where we, we weren't quite there yet. But mm -hmm. I mean, it was it's remarkable. And we're doing this taking the traditional approach. And so mm -hmm. th there would be the lesson, for instance, for you know, anyone else who's interested in education, you know, the right way to teach children to read is through phonics and orthography. Um, and up until this past year, in fact, um, that's not what, you know, 
most public schools in Ohio were taking this blended approach of, you know, a little bit of phonics, but a lot of little bit of whole whole language learning mm -hmm. um, and using sight words and that sort of thing. Um, but just this past year, uh, the legislature um, started requiring um, public schools to teach phonics and do it the old way, mm -hmm. like we were doing. So, you know, amazing. They probably, don't they probably don't like that. Sure, right. You know, I uh, I'm looking at some of your and, numbers, and, and I wish them also all the success in the world. I mean, the public schools. I have nothing against. Sure, you know, right. You know, I we're here to to work with them or alongside them and to support them. Mm -hmm. uh, Which uh, to me is is shocking that you know you say here why don't they you know stop and 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 look at the success of of what another school is experiencing instead of kicking them around uh, you know we yeah, I, I agree with you we we want the public schools to succeed and it's because we want education to succeed mm -hmm. we want to educate the children in our community absolutely so of course we want all these schools to succeed Yet it appears to me, and it's very clear based on their response, they don't feel that way. They almost, it, it, it feels like they don't want schools like yours and mine to succeed. Right. I mean, I uh, I, I can't speak for them. You know, all, all we can do is sit and speculate. Um, yeah, you're right. You know, and read what they write. But, you know, the, the theme emerges, and I've heard this even from uh, public school teachers and superintendents who don't like what's going on they what they tell me is that the public schools kind of they they become entrenched to defend their adult their professional interests they're protecting their profession they have them they had a monopoly on public education public dollars on students uh, re receiving um, tuition free education and they see that threatened and I think that they're they're not thinking about what's good for society, what's good for families, how free markets work, how choice for educational options is is a good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the competition, the the rising tide will will ultimately raise all boats. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not thinking about that, perhaps. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems that they're only looking out to protect the political interests of the teachers unions. Mm, that is so well said, and uh, it's. I I think it's a lot nicer than, than what, I would say it, or you know, maybe some of us. You do you do say here in your piece that they re that they redouble efforts to defend their professional adult interests, instead of advocating for families and students. So thank you for, you know, clarifying that and even going into a little bit more detail. Mm -hmm. uh, I. I, I I think you're hitting the nail on the head. Uh, I'm going to point out one more thing that you say here. Uh, when, when threatened, entrenched interest groups react in predictable ways. They deflect attention from the problems they've created and then project their own deficiencies onto others. Uh, and I, I guess this is just, you know, your opinion. Do you do you think that this is happening? Uh, you think they're aware of this? That you know, because 
they do this. You're, you're, you're absolutely 100% correct. This is what they're doing. You, you think they're aware of it? Um, per, perhaps not. I mean, I, I think that their, their political motivations are more important to them than, than, than the issues that they publicly advocate for. That, that they're that they're advertising uh that, that they're aiming to address mm-hmm. um y- you know i mean the school the school's very successful and and um and and there are i i what i was looking to do there was just point out the hypocrisy here they're right. saying this this school's very successful um or they're, they're acknowledging that at least but they're accusing us of trying to avoid diversity in some way, Hmm. but it's the NAACP that's trying to asking for money to be taken away from the school. Mm -hmm. Why aren't they going out and promoting uh, the school or giving us opportunities to advertise or give lectures Mm -hmm. or encouraging um, their constituents to come and attend the public lectures that our school does offer mm-hmm. uh, or come and attend an open an open house. Why don't they help open up some doors to us? Mm-hmm. Uh, what they're doing is keeping those doors closed by making us out to be some kind of enemy um, that needs to be shut down. Um, sure. we, we don't want to be an enemy. We, no. we, we would love, I'd love to have an invitation from the NAACP or Greg Landsman or, you know, anyone else who's who signed that letter to mm-hmm. to partner and work together and have a conversation and, um, you know, see see if, if they're genuine about their interests of reaching more communities. Um, l- l- let them help us. That, that'd be great. You know, it's uh, it, it's surprising. The name of this group is Network for Public Education. And uh, I mean, isn't it true that Cincinnati Classical Academy is a public charter school. I mean, don't you fall under public education? Absolutely. It, it, it Absolutely. Seems, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, and it's it's again a mystery. You got to go on their website and 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 try to um, read between the lines that they are only for the traditional uh, state-run education system and not uh, and they're anti-charter. Right. I, yeah. I, I think if they would, you know, give you a chance, if they would look at what's happening there in that school building, uh, look at the success, look at the numbers, and then maybe try to emulate that. I mean, you're after year one, you're ranked number one of all 259 public charter schools in Ohio in early literacy. That, isn't that what we want? Don't we want early literacy? How is it that a brand new school, all of a sudden after year one, is ranked number one in the state. I think that uh, the entire state should be looking at Cincinnati Classical and asking what in the world is going on in that building and how can we duplicate it? Right. Uh, and you know what? Uh, Jenna, well, and many and many people are. I mean, they're the the. Uh, uh, I I saw in 2019 when I was thinking about. Uh, this project and and saw saw that there already was one Hillsdale school in Toledo, uh, Ohio, a, a Hillsdale member school. So I knew it was possible under the charter law, and that kind of gave me the courage to say, okay, well, there's there's definitely a path here. Let's let's see where it leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a whole bunch of other um, 
groups have had the same idea, I think largely because of our success and the Toledo School's success. Um, and now there are three, three to four more um, Hillsdale schools coming online. I think in total, we're, we're close to 10, 10 or 12 schools in Ohio mm. that are either member schools or curriculum schools, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty, it's just remarkable to me mm-hmm. uh, how, how quickly people have responded. So people do take notice. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Yep, they do. Uh, and, and I guess that is the, uh, that's the important takeaway here is that, you know, other people throughout the country are, are paying attention. Well, uh, Jed, I, I want you to know that you you should be so proud of yourself. We're proud of you here. We applaud you. Uh, we we support your endeavors. It, it's not an easy thing to, to look and see what's happening, happening in education and then say to yourself, uh, I'm going to try to do something about it and then and then go after it. Yeah. And clearly you've done that. And we uh, we're just we're grateful that there there are people like you out there who are willing to make this thing work, willing to contact Hillsdale, willing to see what you can do to to create this atmosphere in a, in a school building where these children are going to thrive the way that they're thriving at Cincinnati Classical. So we applaud you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, again, that 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 curriculum is is the best kind of nourishment for uh, the mind, heart, and soul. And let's spread it as widely as we can. Yeah, it's the greatest gift we can give, and we're going to spread it as 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 long and as often and as widely as we can. I love it. Well said, uh, Jed. Thank you again for joining us. We're going to take a break. We'll pick this up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25.
Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are very happy to have you on board. I hope you enjoyed uh, that interview with Jed Hardings, school board president at Cincinnati Classical Academy. You know, I, I'm i just going to be honest here. Jed's a hero. And I'm not just saying that, you know, I mean, he's not here for me to uh, uh, patronizing. And, and and that's that's not the point. This man's a hero. And people like him are heroes, people that are, are realizing what's happening in, in education. They see it. It's, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, we talked about Thomas Paine and common sense and that that opening that opening paragraph, which is so powerful, it just it just punches you in the throat. He says, perhaps the sentiments contained in the following pages are not yet sufficiently fashionable to procure them general favor. Uh, you know, because the people at the time, they were not talking about independence. They were not talking about breaking away. From, from England. I mean, this is early 1776. This is January 1776. And, and he's saying perhaps, you know, the sentiments that, that are going to follow here, what I'm going to tell you, are not sufficiently fashionable. Uh, they're not in, in popular demand just yet. Uh, they're, they're, it's it's going to be a minute before they procure general favor. Because he was going to start speaking about breaking away. He was going to start speaking about independence. He was going to start declaring that it was time for America to um, shed the chains, so to speak. He says um, later on in the uh, in the pamphlet, let me make note of it here. Oh, yeah. So he's talking about um, tyranny happening everywhere. And I read this the other day. He says, Oh, that ye love mankind, ye that dare oppose not only the tyranny, but the tyrant. Stand forth. Every spot of the old world is overrun with oppression. Freedom hath been hunted round the globe. Asia and Africa have long expelled her. Europe regards her like a stranger, and England hath given her warning to depart. Oh, receive the fugitive. He's referring to America and American citizens. Receive the fugitive and prepare in time an asylum for mankind. I mean, this is what he's telling the people. You know, he's telling them, you know, we we have to 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 unburden the shackles from from freedom we must welcome her we must welcome freedom to these lands that's you know this is he doesn't say those words in his first paragraph but but those are are words that he would later say in in the pamphlet but in this pr- first paragraph after he's talking about uh what he's about to say you know not being fashionable he says, a long habit of not thinking a thing wrong 
gives it a superficial appearance of being right. And that just, mm, because that's where we are. Uh, you know, we, we've had this long habit of not thinking uh, that what's happening in public education is wrong. You know, we, we've got a very long habit, a decades long habit of not thinking what's happening in, in public education is wrong. And therefore, it's given the superficial appearance of being right. But I'm here to tell you that what's happening in public education is wrong. It is not right. And there are men uh, like Jed Harding's men and women like Jed all over the country who who are seeing this. Our eyes are opening and and we're coming to the conclusion that we're going to shake off this long habit of not thinking a thing wrong. This, this, this long habit of not thinking what's happening in public education to be wrong because it's given a superficial appearance of being right. And I'm here to tell you there's, there, there's nothing right about it. And what this, you know, public education group is doing to a public charter school in Cincinnati uh, is, is a, a perfect example of what they're doing as being wrong. You know, they, they refuse to see the success that's happening just down the road at this classical charter school. They are ignoring it. And instead, they're going to attack it. Instead, they're, they're, they're going to, to come after it. All right. So, you know, once Thomas Paine says the long habit of not thinking a thing wrong gives it a superficial appearance of being right, he says, and raises at first a formidable outcry in defense of customs. So when we start speaking as we are doing, and we start speaking loudly, look, what's happening in public education across this country is wrong. K-12 all the way through higher ed. There, uh, you know, at first there's going to be this formidable outcry in defense of the custom. How dare you accuse us? We're over here educating these kids. We work day and night, tireless hours. How dare you say that what we're doing is wrong? Ah, uh, well, you know, the, the approach is wrong. The approach is wrong. We need, in my opinion, to get back to a classical education. That's what we need to do. Of course, you know, Thomas Paine then says the tumult will soon subside. You know, the whining will, will cease. The crying will, will be done. Time makes more converts than does reason. Time is going to convert more people to our cause than, than reason and rationale. The example of seeing what's happening in classical education over time is going to continually wake people up to the degradation of the government institutions, the government-run uh, indoctrination camps, as, as they are referred to as by many people, including me occasionally, because that's exactly what some of them are. Eyes are going to be opened. Uh, we're, you know, we're, we're going to start seeing. Now, in the case of Cincinnati Classical, it only took a year. I mean, there didn't take a whole lot of time. It took a year. And, you know, what did I say here? What what are they? What are they? They're ranked number one 
of all the public charter schools in Ohio and er early literacy. My friends, early literacy is so important. It's the thing. If, if, if you can get early literacy right, I mean, that becomes the foundational building block. It's like amino acids, the building block of all protein. Early literacy is the amino acid to, to you know, to protein. Early literacy is the amino acid to uh, human thought, to human education. And in this, in this school... Uh, after after their first year, they're ranked number one of all 259 public charter schools in early literacy. They're ranked number three in overall achievement. Uh, the school even topped most uh, public schools in early literacy, ranking number four in Southwest Ohio among all public schools charter schools and all public schools. They ranked number four after year number one. Now, you can't tell me they're not doing something right. Uh, they are doing something right. And I'll tell you what they're doing right. It's, it's, in the, uh, it's in the mode of education that they're delivering. It's the curriculum. It's the content. You've, you've heard me say this over and over and over again, uh, money is not the solution to the problems in education. The solution is is curriculum. The solution is to what's being taught. How are these kids being taught to read? Uh, you know, are they are they being used or are are they being taught with phonics, or are they being taught this whole whole word garbage? mumbo jumbo this this whole you know are they are they being taught morals are they being taught values and there are time tested things here kids are, do, do they understand that 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 they can achieve anything that they have an opportunity to achieve whatever they they want to in this in this beautiful country of ours in this beautiful capitalistic uh, society that we live in. Do they understand that? I mean, today, friends, all right, quick history class. Today is the birthday of Alexander Hamilton. Um, he was born January 11th. You know, we're not really sure what year. I mean, he was an orphan from the Caribbean. We don't know what year it was. Some say 1755, some say 56, some say 57. Well, we know he was born on January 11th, and he was an orphan from one of the Caribbean islands. But he rose with astounding speed to become an aide-de-camp to George Washington, a hero of the Revolutionary War, and a member of the Constitutional Convention as an orphan. As the first Secretary of the Treasury under Washington, he helped build the new nation's financial system, but he was an orphan. As a leader of the Federalist Party, he helped create our political system, but he was an orphan. Yes, he was never president of the United States, mostly uh, because he perished at the, at the hand of Aaron Burr in a duel. But even so, he shaped the new American nation, as few other founding fathers did. 
he argued for a, a, a strong central government. And so a lot of people would, would say he was anti-state rights or anti-individual rights. Uh, however, that, that would be wrong because he, he would write memorably of natural law and human rights as any of the other founders. One of my favorite quotes from Hamilton is this, the sacred rights of mankind are not to be rummaged for among old parchments or musty records. They are written as with a sunbeam in the whole volume of human nature by the hand of the divinity itself and can never be erased or obscured by mortal power. Natural rights, they, they, they don't come from humans. They don't come from mankind. They don't come from government. They are God-given. They come from the Almighty himself. Of course, one of Hamilton's greatest contributions was to help persuade Americans to accept the Constitution. Uh, with Madison and John Jay, he wrote the Federal Federalist Papers, and he knew that it, 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 it probably wasn't perfect. Matter of fact, he said, the system, though it may not be perfect in every part, is upon the whole a good one. I never expect to see a perfect work from an imperfect man. And, uh, you know, because of his arguments and his persuasion, you know, we we have this Constitution today. And 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 he rose and achieved uh, as an orphan. And, and here we are. We're, we're living in, in his shadow. We are enjoying the fruits of his labor. And all of us have this opportunity to achieve. It's, it's, it, it's laid out before us. But again, we have... You know, people in, in education that hide this beauty, this beautiful thought, they are hiding it from their students and from their pupils. And that is what's causing the pain. My friends, there is much to uh much to overcome, but I'm telling you, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it. I mean, there are people all over the country like Jed Hardings that that see the light and that are making efforts, many of them making efforts to to start Hillsdale classical charter schools. Uh, you know, we need we need more people rising up, starting homeschools, starting Christian schools, starting classical Christian schools, starting classical charter schools. We got to make this happen. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, America. Thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age.